This is Clayton for Podcast Radio Business. We're joined by Jaya Balu, Chief Information Security Officer at Avast, to discuss some interesting new findings in relation to online security. For example, two in five Brits didn't know their browsing history could be used to financially scam them. 52% of UK adults wish they knew more about protecting their safety online. Thank you for joining us, Jaya. Thank you for having me. You're most welcome. So, Jaya, how have our habits changed about online privacy? Well, what I think we're seeing is that we know that we need to do something more about our online security, but we don't necessarily understand the threats that are facing us. So we're not aware of the tools that we use are sometimes providing information, not only for uh, the party that we're connecting with, but also beyond that to other third parties from things like regular advertising, as well as tracking across the internet, but all the way you know up to potentially being used by more nefarious actors to conduct conduct cyber attacks. A lot of people get their information about internet security from movies and films and books. But also at the same time, when we go onto sites, we see things like accept cookies or decline cookies. Can you explain to the audience what exactly is a cookie in online terms? Yeah, so a cookie, we have to think of it as a file that's placed there by a website in order to kind of allow you to do uh, easier things when you browse the internet. And those easier things can be you know, a, a sort of easy way to log in. So it has your login credentials. It could be that it allows you to um, have your preferences saved. So maybe a particular language or, uh, you know, a, a background or, you know, other things that are um, made to be tailored uh, for you. But it could also be really useful things like just preserving the contents of your shopping cart. So, you know, these are things that a website would set up in order to make life easier and more seamless for the person using it. Really, sometimes these positive things that cookies can provide, as you say, can turn into more negative things when dealing with more nefarious actors. Absolutely. And it's simply because when we say yes, accept all cookies, just because we're so hungry to get to the resource behind that cookie wall, it winds up um, saying that we are allowing things like advertising cookies, like tracking cookies. And I don't think that users are aware that once they leave that site where they accepted those cookies, actually there is a longevity of information that they've then agreed to. So when even when they leave that site, those tracking cookies are still following them around the internet. And a lot of social media platforms, for example, will place trackers on other websites simply to follow their own users. And what they're not aware of, uh, regular users, is that, for example, Facebook has a whole bunch of trackers which track off-platform activity. So if you go to your airline or if you go to your shopping uh, website or if you go to your grocery website, whatever else you go, that information on those other websites gets delivered back to Facebook. And a lot of people don't know, you know, and I've had uh, at parties, I'm often asked, you know, I think my phone is spying on me or I think, uh, 
is someone is tracking well probably it is but it's it's using this type of technology to then once you've spoken about something or thought about something or browse something you're suddenly getting something on instagram or on facebook uh that is specifically on that and you don't understand how it got there well that's how it got there through these type of tracking cookies you've obviously as a company have got a variety of services what are the types of services that would be very effective, if at all, for small and medium businesses? There's a tool that we have in a vast secure browser called I Don't Care About Cookies. And you can set up I Don't Care About Cookies. And that means that you set it up once, you know, that you turn on I Don't Care About Cookies. And then you set up that you don't want trackers. And once you set it up once, it propagates to every single site you visit. So you don't have that cookie wall. Fundamentally, when it comes to information security and whether you're a small, medium enterprise or a large enterprise, it boils down to really simple, three simple things. Um, and those three simple things are, first and foremost, understanding the threat. So security awareness is where it all begins. Understanding what you have to protect and from whom, knowing thyself, is really the cardinal starting point for anyone who wants to do anything for information security for their enterprise. Majority of small businesses are not technology businesses. You know, they are doing something else. And security is just a, a one of the many concerns. So in order to not make it burdensome, first, understand what it is you have to protect from whom. Uh, the second thing then is to be able to have some degree of visibility to see how things are going, especially in relation to those threats. And finally, when you can see how it's going, that you can act. I like to automate as much as possible. And I think that this then uh, allows businesses to focus on their core business rather than worrying about the business of security. That's something that Avast can take care of. So bearing that in mind, uh, where I would say for a starting point for everyone is a good antivirus, you know, something that automates that knowledge of those threats and then having the capability to block them right away. So start with a good AV and while I really want to promote Avast, I want to say that in order for us to level up as society, everyone should be using like a standard AV. It doesn't matter to me whether it's ours or not, but they should be using a good AV. The second thing is to really understand, you know, what are the ways that you interact with others? The majority of us use browsers that we go online. So having a secure browser, a good starting point is really fundamental uh, to everything else. And then finally, a good password manager and a good VPN uh, for making sure that, you know, when you're connected online everywhere all the time, that you are following good hygiene for passwords and that you have a secure tunnel where no one else can surveil your traffic. Super important. A lot of people are looking at these products and they're seeing the paid version and they're seeing the, the free version. And we've got in our mind that the free version can't be as good as the paid version. What are your thoughts on that? So Avast was actually, you know, it's here for decades and it was built on this premise that security should be for everybody, not just those that can pay for it. So I guess this is a sort of internet hippie concept, but um, the real idea is that the quality of protection you get with the free product is just as good as the paid for product. And if you Google antivirus comparatives, you know, AV comparatives or any of the other sites, you'll see that. You'll see that in ranking amongst our peers, we come top of the bill for a free product, which is really good. And fundamentally, all we care about is that an antivirus detect all the threats and block them. And that's exactly what we do for yeah, for no money, basically. And um, for a lot of peace of mind. 
you can't get a better deal than that. <laughs> no, and I and I genuinely believe in this mission to provide security for everyone, uh, regardless of their ability to pay. One of the things that you touched on was about updating. How important is updating your browser, your password manager, and obviously your, your VPN or whatever security measures? Because some of us, we're not really techie people, but um, we, we are thrust in a small business to be wearing many hats. How important is updating? It's the, probably the easiest thing to do in terms of setting up automatic updates for all of your software and your apps and, you know, both on your telephone as well as your laptops. Make sure that you do that. I see that as a license to operate. You know, it's just about maintaining a level of quality that's consistent across the enterprise. Um, so I find that super important. And again, you can automate that. So you turn it on once and it'll just automatically update all of your stuff. Updating your operating system uh, is not always as straightforward, especially if you're a manufacturer or you have certain, not just IT, but OT, operational technology, that is less straightforward to update the operating system consistently through automation, but it can also you know, be done, even though it's more manual, it can still be done as long as it's done consistently to improve overall security. So I would just urge, this is such a basic thing. Um, and it's one of those things that's in the Pareto principle, you know, 20% um, of the effort for 80% of the results. So we definitely should be updating and keep and upgrading our things where possible. At the top of this information segment, we talked about some statistics. Two in five Brits didn't know their browsing history. 52% of UK adults wish they knew more about protecting their safety. What else does this research tell us? This is quite serious stuff. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that they don't understand that when these things are happening, what they're being used for. So the actual nefarious part that we talked about earlier, that really it's around uh, looking for information that would eventually lead to identity theft and, you know, potentially banking related scams. I think this is the real worry. So the, our research also tells us that like for 40% of British adults, the biggest reason that they want to keep their browser history hidden is because they're worried about those real material threats of their banking uh things being compromised. And we do know that purely from a uh, what has happened, one in five Brits has been the victim of some cybercrime. So knowing that there already is this past trail of victimization, in addition to the fact that they are still concerned about it, we know that what we need to do is really fundamentally bringing up awareness so that people are aware how that browsing history can be used potentially against them, as well as, you know, giving them solutions to allow them to tackle that feeling of insecurity. If somebody inadvertently becomes a victim of a nefarious actor, what can they do or how should they go about trying to either report or stabilize their system? In the movies, they seem to shut down the computers and whatever the case may be. It probably doesn't work that way in real life. Well, it, it depends on what the attack actually is, right? I mean, I would say that you are uh, always going to go to the police when you have ransomware, uh, for example. Um, and by the way, I should be clear, ransomware is still, according to the Europol Internet Organized Crime Threat Assessment, it's still the biggest uh, source of cybercrime today still. And it's been that way for the last 
almost three years in a row running. It's the biggest single act of cybercrime. So cybercriminals are still employing it. They're running it as a service. So we still need to worry about that. And that's why I recommend a good antivirus to prevent ransomware. But that being said, the first place that I would start is with ransomware, you definitely make a filing with the police. Preferably, you do not pay the ransom, and hopefully you get support from the police to tell you what to do. I always recommend to everyone to take a look at nomoransom.org, which will give you, for the most common types of ransomware and the ones that have been decrypted, a decryption key. So you don't have to pay the ransomware attackers. You can see if no more ransom actually has a decryption key to unlock your encrypted tr- files. So this is a starting point, but you know it should be done in conjunction with a police filing. If there's just a case of you found out that your uh, username and password has been compromised, I wouldn't notify the police about that, but just update all of the systems where you would potentially use that username and password. And for those kinds of smaller things, which happen, by the way, very frequently and are the precursor often to identity theft, um, I would say that you really need to have a proactive approach, but you don't need to necessarily inform law enforcement. Those are some really helpful hints there. How can people find out more information about what you do, the company, and how Avast can help them? Well, you can always check out avast.com, um, and especially for secure browsing, which I think is the easiest and most fundamental thing to do. Which, And I'm also really proud of the kind of technology we have. Just go to Google and check out Avast Secure Browser. Jaya Balu, Chief Information Security Officer at Avast. Thank you for joining us on Podcast Radio Business. Thank you so much for having me here. You're most welcome.